0: The following podcast is equivalent to a TVMA rating, thanks to the author's strong and frequent use of adult language and graphic recollection of her sexual escapades. We strongly advise listening alone or with an extremely open-minded, politically incorrect companion, such as a gay bestie. Welcome to How Bitches Are Made. I'm your host, Rachel Melvin. Thank you so much for joining me, you guys, on this special season of Habam. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time, who might not be familiar with our concept or the format, I invite you to listen to our introductory mini-sode, which gives you a brief breakdown of the cycle of how a bitch is made and kind of gives you some backstory that you might find very helpful when following me on my journey of becoming a bitch. So... I was super excited to bring you guys season two, but then this whole quarantine happened. So (laughs) it's a little bit hard to do a scripted podcast that involves doing reenactments with other people and actors when you cannot get close to other people. (laughs) So what does a bitch do? She pivots and uh, finds a different way to handle a conundrum that she might find herself in. What that looks like for us is I'm giving you a special season in between seasons that is going to be a lot different than our typical format. This is called How Bitches Are Made in Quarantine, and it's going to be all unscripted episodes with the only person I get to interact with, my boyfriend. Uh, So he'll be joining us starting next week. And we've got some really fun topics to discuss. It'll be really nice to have a male perspective, which is something that I had been anticipating doing next season anyway. I gave you guys like a little bit of a teaser in the bonus episode, Miss Americana, where my friend Brooke and I reviewed the documentary of Taylor Swift's. And... What I told you was that our next season is going to be like the first, but better. So we're going to have scripted episodes, but we're also going to be dabbling in unscripted episodes. So I guess look at this as going from one extreme to the other. And then when we come back for season two, it'll be blending both extremes and hopefully you'll just get the best of both worlds and love it. A couple other exciting updates I wanted to give you. I have recently redesigned howbitchesaremade.com and we're expanding our community so it will involve more contributors than just myself. We'll have a lot of different features you'll get to take advantage of. Basically, you'll be able to listen to the podcast directly on the site, which is nice. It's a lot more streamlined, so you'll be able to click directly on an episode to read the synopsis and get more details, including who made up our cast, their photos, references that we make during the podcast, such as worksheets and things. There's a new blog that we're adding to, again, more streamlined. There will be articles, reviews of products we love, playlists, recommendations, etc., And we're going to be doing uh, features of the Bitch of the Week. So if you know a strong woman that you really admire, go ahead and submit her. On our site, there are two different submission pages. One will be for feedback, and the other will be to submit somebody that, as I just said, you think could be featured as our Bitch of the Week. Or you can share How Bitches Are Made story of your own that you want us to either just hear, or we can broadcast it on the podcast and share your story with our other listeners. So let's jump into this episode, and we're going to talk a little bit about quarantine. Some of you might know I have an apartment in Los Angeles and a rental property in the desert, and I am currently at my rental property in the desert because I am not allowed to rent it out right now. So it's kind of been like this weird vacation where I'm just, you know, things kind of seem normal. I keep to myself when I'm out here. I'm doing a lot of things around the house, whether it's home improvement projects or working on the podcast or anything like that so at first life didn't really seem that different aside from the fact that I had just made Los Angeles my home base again after doing all these renovations and getting the property up and running itself the only bit of annoyance for me was packing it all back up again and coming out to the desert to be here indefinitely or for the foreseeable future But listen, as you'll hear in season two, I have a very specific opinion about illnesses and people contracting illnesses. So in the very beginning, before I realized how serious this was... I kind of was rolling my eyes thinking everyone was making a big deal out of nothing. And I think probably a little bit I was doing it to not freak myself out. But the one thing that I did observe in the beginning, and I still believe to this day, is that when you overreact to something, you can make a situation worse, i.e. no one being able to find toilet paper or paper towels. That I would just, again, remind everybody. Like, actually, who said it? Gavin Newsom, I think, uh, California's governor, had said this. He said he's talked to suppliers. We have enough to constantly be restocking, but not if people are going in and hoarding. And the grocery stores and stores like Walmart or Target, they have been doing a really good job about putting the papers up saying, you know, we're limiting household items to two per customer or what have you. And it's still flying off the shelves. It's so crazy. And I think that every time I went to the store, it seemed to be getting worse and worse. I think the one time my boyfriend and I went, we couldn't go into the store. We had to wait in a line until enough people had exited. And I thought, this is crazy. Then there were all the tapes to kind of outline where people could move to be standing six feet apart from it. Like, say, if you're in a checkout line and I remember Kevin and I started loading our produce onto the conveyor belt at the checkout. And they were like, oh, you can't do that until we've completely finished checking out the person in front of you. And I started to notice things like this just started getting weirder and weirder. And then we'd be waiting 30 minutes in line to check out. Now it's gotten to the point where Kevin went to go pick up a tire because we had a flat tire and they would not let him into the lobby unless he was wearing a mask. So every day it just seems to be getting worse and worse. And then the other day I was driving from one property to another And it was like not even the restaurants were open anymore. It's a ghost town. And it's the weirdest effing thing I've ever seen in my life. I think I eventually came to realize that this is very, very real. And I I think I, you know, when things are pretty serious regarding like illnesses, my mom uh, recently had another mini stroke And if you remember episode two of season one, I talked about her having a stroke when she was 27. And I'm remarkably calm when the big shit hits the fan. And I tend to take it one day at a time in stride. I don't overreact. But God forbid I lose my car keys. It's like the world has ended. I don't understand that about my personality, but it is what it is. But I guess that brings up another interesting point about quarantine is the good and the bad. The bad is pretty obvious, right? We can't go out, we can't travel. My 35th birthday was this year and I was going to go celebrate it with my boyfriend whose birthday is a couple months after mine. So we were going kind of like in the middle so we could celebrate together and we were going to go hike the Narrows and we bought all this stuff from REI and I was so excited to go and that got canceled and I'm super bummed and we can't even go into the national park by us, which, which is a thing I just want to point out really quickly. Does anybody else find it? completely fucking weird that all these outdoor national parks are closed but you can still get in an airplane that makes no sense to me maybe somebody knows why that is and you can enlighten me but i i don't so there's that obvious thing we can't travel we can't see friends and family in person physically i'm very fortunate enough to be in lockdown with my significant other. And I'm very fortunate to have a significant other. I know that. What's funny is in the next episode that I've already outlined, we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit more, the good and the bad about being quarantined with somebody. Um, <laughs> the other negative things is obviously it's affected our ability to earn an income right now. I have three businesses. As we know, acting is kind of, you know, when it's good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's bad. It's a huge drought. And so I have my Airbnb business, which helps sustain me. I have this podcast, which is something I focus and dedicate a lot of time to. And then I help my friends renovate and fix up their rental properties as well so I have a lot of things going on but I haven't been able to I've essentially gotten laid off in all of those aspects so it's it's a little weird and it's unnerving and even though with acting you kind of go through these periods of making money and not making money so you learn to get very good at it but it's it's horrible. It's horrible to be unemployed. And I think a lot of people listening to this are unemployed right now and can completely empathize with that statement or relate to it, rather. It's terrifying to not know when you're going to see money again and when this goes back to normal, if it does, if that job you had is still going to be there, how hard it might be to get a job if you lose that one. It's terrifying. So that has been a real struggle. But I think there's a lot of good that comes out of this, too, that we can look at and kind of celebrate. It is nice that we've been given this opportunity, not just as a nation, but worldwide. We've been given this opportunity to kind of hit the pause button, take a beat, and spend valuable time with the people we love. Communicate or reach out to people we don't typically have the time for, even if that just looks like a FaceTime, Skype, or Zoom call. We have the opportunity to do things at home that we don't normally prioritize because there's not enough time in the day. I know one of the things that I just did was condensed my laptop and my desktop, and it felt fucking awesome. I don't know why it did, but it did. I just got rid of so many documents and cleared all this space and it's like now i don't have to buy a new computer that felt nice <laughs> or or oh my god you know how annoying it is with apple it's like you've run out of storage on your iCloud pay 2 dollars for more then you've run out of storage on that pay $7.99 pay $9.99 you know what just pay $14.99 and get unlimited i don't like the way they've set that up it makes me feel tricked so i tried to create my own fucking space so that's been really nice. I know my parents have finally had the opportunity to clean their house out, which has been really great. Everyone should be Marie Kondoing their asses off. But aside from that, you know, you might be able to, like, engage in hobbies you don't particularly create time for. Maybe you like to draw or weld or, I don't know, fix up ATVs or... I don't know. I don't I don't fucking know what people are into, but now you have time to be into it. And that's really great. And the other thing is I have a friend, Laura, who's who works in fashion. And I think this is when it actually got really real for me is when she got laid off because (laughs) she's my one of my only friends that's not in the entertainment business in some facets. So she always has a steady job. So to hear that she was out of work, I was like, oh, shit's real. But You can be like Laura, and what she did was she kind of started her own business. She's now making masks, thank you, Laura, to help people who can't find any in their community, and she's making them fun and fashion-forward and affordable, and she started her own Etsy store. And who knows what can come of that? So this is an opportunity. We always talk about with How Bitches Are Made, you have to trust the universe. Yes, it's a shitty time, but we have to trust that it's happening for a greater purpose Even if that's just for the planet, think of all the ways that the planet is benefiting from this without carbon emissions, without people driving to and from. I mean, Kevin and I, when we were driving back and forth from L.A. to the desert to get my shit, we drove in one night and it was like we could see downtown. And there was, by the way, no traffic. It was insane. And he looked at me and goes oh my God, look at the clouds. I don't think I've ever seen clouds like the puffy, pretty ones in Los Angeles. So that's been really nice. I also think a lot of people are taking the opportunity to start their own gardens or grow their own produce, which is really wonderful. So there's there's a lot of positives that can come out of this too. People are making more content. People are connecting virtually. I do want to caution people though, When we come out of this, I guess one of my fears is that we become more reliant on virtual interaction. Kevin has some opinions on that, which actually make me feel good that we'll talk about next episode, too. But my point is, there's a lot of good and bad, and it's very easy to see the bad more than the good, obviously. But if we really try to focus on the good, I think there's a way to practice gratitude amidst all this craziness, and actually appreciate it for what it is for the time being. Now, if this continues for another four months, then it'll be a different fucking conversation. But for now, (laughs) we can do our best. One of the things, too, for me personally that's been awesome is taking away the pressures or constraints or even the awareness in general of time and money. When you take away time and money, I think it's easy to actually get in touch with Your passions and what it is you really want to do, and what your purpose is. If you didn't have to worry about time and money, what would your life look like? And the cool thing about this experience, which we could look at as an experiment, I guess, is we're really getting the opportunity to do that. It's been weird. I'm curious how many of you have felt this way. It's like the days go by so much faster. I look at the time and I'm like, how the hell is it already 4 p.m.? So, I'm curious what your experience with time has been. And without the responsibility of money, obviously, we're going to have to pay things that some of us might not be paying right now. But for the time being, when we're not doing those things, when we have the luxury of banks giving us leniency, what then is your focus I'm so curious. I would love for you to share that with with me. What is your focus when you're not thinking about those two things, when you're not dictated by time and finances? What shape does your life then take? I think that's a really interesting question for us to explore. And if you could never imagine it before, now you're actually getting to live it. So let's have a conversation about that. I really want to know. Another thing I want to talk about, are the things that people have been good and bad at. So I've had a lot of cancellation. I've had all cancellations for Airbnbs, and it's been a really interesting experience to see how guests have handled needing to cancel their reservations and getting their money back, and how people have reacted to me being so helpful. I got this one response from a woman in particular who works in the travel industry, and she had told me that, her experience working in travel is that she's seen the best of people and the worst in people and I thought that that was so so interesting so I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I haven't really been interacting with a ton of people so I haven't seen the worst so much but I have seen a lot of good people out here on the Nextdoor app for instance if you're unfamiliar with the Nextdoor app you should get familiar with it. You can type in your zip code and be linked up to All your neighbors within a certain amount of uh, miles, you can select, I believe, like if you want to know what's going on within five miles of you, 50 miles of you, whatever. It's a really great resource to see what's going on in your community. If, you know, pets are lost, it's a really great way to get the word out to help people look for them. It's just a really awesome app if you haven't heard of it. I would caution you to stay away from the crime and safety threads (laughs) because those can get a little bit overwhelming, but they're also very helpful. So, what was I even saying about the next door app? Give me a second. Oh, people in my community, the younger kids, like in high school, have been taking their quads out. There's a lot of dirt roads around here. They've been taking their quads out and delivering groceries to the older neighbors and leaving them at the doorstep. And uh, there was one post where somebody said they had an, an excess of toilet paper. It was probably an Airbnb host who no longer needed it for all their guests. <laughs> and they were offering it to people that couldn't get any. So you do really see people coming together as a community, which is really, really nice. And I do love that aspect of this. But I did recently have a brush with the bad. And it wasn't even bad. It was baffling. So I went to pay my rent in Los Angeles, where I'm at in the desert. It's a very small town. So it's not a city. And it doesn't have the conveniences and amenities of a big city. We don't even have a Target, which is like a big deal to me, obviously. Although, now that I've been shopping so much at Walmart, I really think Target is quite overpriced. (laughs) But anyway, I went to pay at a bank. And the lobby was closed because of COVID-19. They don't want their employees to be uh, contracting any potential virus. So I couldn't pay my rent. And you might be wondering why I'm having to walk into a bank. Well, because my landlord only will accept direct deposits into her checking account. And she doesn't give you the option to pay with like Zelle or I don't know. PayPal, Venmo, nothing like that. So all you can do is walk it into a bank and hand it to a teller every single fucking month, which is already very annoying. I don't, has, does anybody else's landlord do that? I had never heard of that before this. I'm very curious if this is like a very unique isolated situation or if it's more common than I'm giving it credit for being. Anyway, the the bank lobby was closed and I sent her a text message saying I. I couldn't deposit the rent, but I'd be happy to send her a check if she would give me her address. And I cited the reason why is because everything was closed because of COVID-19 and the coronavirus. And her response to me was literally, the banks are open. You've had no trouble depositing your rent in the past. Let me know if you need the checking and routing number. Thanks. And I was like, am I in the fucking twilight zone? Does this bitch know what's going on? (laughs) like, huh? So... I, I exercised How Bitches Are Made, actually. This is a great story for this. Normally, I get I get really reactive. I'm Irish and Italian. It's super hard for me to not be like, oh, I'm a mobster. But I do get like, you know, like a little chihuahua. I just start acting crazy when people say like illogical, insensitive, stupid things. So I really practice not going crazy. <laughs> And I wrote her back, very non-emotional, and I just recited facts, which is something I always tell listeners, followers, and subscribers to do, right, on your journey to becoming a bitch. Super important to just recite facts and take the emotion out so that you are not called all the names that bitches are called. You're going to be a called bitch no matter what, because if you take the emotion out, then you're cold. You're an insensitive bitch. But bitch is a good thing, so we're going to take that as a compliment. So I just wrote her back, and I said... Well, we haven't been in a pandemic in the past, so you're right. Making deposits into your checking account has not been a problem. But the only way I can pay you is by physically walking into the bank every single month and dealing with a teller. So please send me your address so I can send you your rent. Thanks. Left no room for argument. And my friend was like, well, what are you going to do? Because there was a period of time where she didn't respond to me with the address. And my friend was like, well, what are you going to do if she doesn't send you the address? And I was like, Not fucking pay rent? She can't evict me. But watch, she might try. (laughs) Let's talk about some more of the good things I've seen people do... Kelly Osborne. I've met Kelly Osborne a couple of times. Her and Jane Lynch, I always seem to run into in the most random spots. But Kelly, I ran into for the first time at an audition, and she was the fucking coolest person I've ever met because she was so down to earth. And normally, when you go into auditions, there's like so many different personality types, right? There's the girls who like try to talk to you and distract you and like don't let you focus. Which conveys, like, they're extra competent. They don't need to be, like, you know, getting into their headspace or focusing and running their lines. It's like a weird mind game. Then there's the girls that just, like, don't say shit and are just, like, checking you out and scoping out the competition. And then there's girls like Kelly, who just act like they're in any normal circumstance in any ordinary day. (laughs) So she was just, like, chatting me up casually, and she was so, so sweet. And I've just always been a fan of hers ever since. This was six years ago already. But I I follow her on Instagram, obviously, and she had posted a video of her just showing off her gray hairs, being like, you know, it sucks, I can't get into a salon right now, but I'm in a teach you how to do a turban so you can cover your hair if you're feeling insecure about it. And I thought that that was super cool because, you know, as a celebrity, I think part of your job is to acknowledge imperfections, to just make everyone feel normal because there is such an unattainable idea of beauty. Everyone knows this by now with airbrushing and filters and et cetera, et cetera. So to just come out and be like, yo, I've got gray hairs, like anything that a person, a normal person would have Or be dealing with right now Is super comforting It doesn't just like normalize it It is comforting It makes you feel I guess what it does is it blurs the line Between the untouchables Or the seemingly untouchables And your everyday Joe And I think that that's a really cool reminder That I've really been needing to be reminded of is that I'm not just going through what's happening. It's the whole world. I think it's super easy to forget, especially when we're in isolation and we can't be exposed to the whole world. So I think it's really cool, especially when celebrities are talking about quarantine and showing how it's affecting them and showing you that, yeah, they're not getting any special treatment either. We also can't go to the salon and doesn't this suck, but it doesn't have to. We'll make it cool. So I really appreciate that aspect of this too. And Kelly is somebody that I've seen do that. And so I wanted to point that out. I kind of didn't, I have on here that I want to talk about my fears moving forward, but I don't know that I do. Let's keep this upbeat and let's talk about my hope's moving forward. My hope is that people will really spend more time outdoors. The outdoors were a very pivotal moment in my journey because they brought so much awareness into my life, particularly how I wasn't actually living it. We are so fortunate to be on this planet. And I think a lot of times we don't take advantage of being on it enough. We don't see all that there is to see. We don't experience all there is to experience. We're so focused on just surviving and getting by that we're not actually living. And getting outside, it just does so many things for your psyche, for your spirit, for your physical body. It's just We belong outside. We need to feel like we're connected to the planet that we're a part of. That, I think, would help people care about it more. I hope this also helps people to move at a slower pace especially us millennials. We're just like, you know, go, 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 success, success, success. And and that like our attention spans are getting smaller. And it's because of the internet and social media and all this overstimulation we have and all these streaming TV shows and movies. And that's all great. But I do hope that we slow down a little bit to take in the things that make life special, like the people in it, our families, significant others, friends, Hobbies that make us genuinely feel fulfilled, setting aside time to help people, to feel like we're part of a community, like we are giving back and making the world a better place. I hope that we take into account the effects that this does have in the environment and implement some sort of routine that might create periods of time where we're able to give our world some reprieve or that we are growing our own gardens for more sustainability, that we are composting. Composting has been like a very big part of our quarantine. To see how much food waste we have is kind of astonishing. And you can just put that right back in the ground and use it to help you grow more food. I think that is really, really cool. Composting was something we didn't really think much about or do before this. I think we thought, oh, this will be like a cool, like hippie endeavor, but we're really into it and it's really fun. I hope more people do that. Maybe um, for those of you that are interested and don't know much about it, I am learning. We have a friend with a very green thumb who knows a lot more about it than I do. I've just really been filling up a bucket and passing it off to other people, but maybe we can create a post that gives you a little bit of insight or how to compost properly so that you can do it too. And then people are cooking more. I think it's so great that people are cooking more. There's a funny story about me from when I was a youngin. So my family, my sister predominantly, but also me, we were engaged in a lot of sports when we were kids. And so we didn't really have many family dinners where we were all sitting at the same table eating a home cooked meal. We ate a lot of fast food. And I think that's why as an adult, I always try to eat dinner at home. Dinner is like the most important meal to me. But I love, that people are cooking more I love that people are sharing recipes I love that people are learning how to actually survive on their own and not relying on fast food and delivery services those things should be like conveniences and luxuries that you know we treat ourselves to but I I don't wish them to be the norm because you lose so much cooking is just such a great way to bond with people too if you like that's what makes thanksgiving so amazing because everyone's like you know contributing in their own way and i don't know every day could be like thanksgiving (laughs) i sound like such a pollyanna um So I think now is a really good time to share with you guys some uplifting and funny memes that my mom or friends have shared with me. The first three are from my mom. So I told you guys about my friend Laura, who's making masks, so she sent this to both of us. And it says, um, this was, it looks like maybe a Facebook post by a woman named Mindy Vincent. And it says, behold, my masks have arrived. I wore this to Walmart and Petco today. When someone tells me my mask has penises on it, I kindly let them know this is how I determine they are too close. Kindly back the fuck up. And then it's a picture of her with her penis mask on. (laughs) which is very funny I kind of hoped when I saw this that it was from my friend Laura and it was a mask that she had made god that would have made me so proud um but it's because she started her her mask sales on Etsy and my mom thought of her obviously so she sent this to us both it was very funny another thing that my mom sent to me and my sister was this cabin fever Just be careful, because people are going crazy from being in lockdown. Actually, I've been talking about this with the microwave and toaster while drinking tea, and we all agreed that things are getting bad. I didn't mention anything to the washing machine as she puts a different spin on everything. Certainly not to the fridge, as he is acting cold and distant. In the end, the iron straightened me out. As she said, everything will be fine. No situation is too pressing. The vacuum was very unsympathetic, told me just to suck it up, but the fan was more optimistic and hoped it would all just blow over soon. The toilet looked a bit flushed when I asked its opinion and didn't say anything, but the doorknob told me to get a grip. The front door said I was unhinged, and so the curtains told me to, yes, you guessed it, pull myself together. That was very cute and funny. My mom said this is hysterical and not in the I'm getting low on toilet paper hysterical. Um, Let's see. She sent me one more, too. This. It's called Daily Diary. Day one. I can do this. Got enough food and wine to last a month. Day two. Opening my eighth bottle of wine. I fear wine supplies might not last. Day three. Strawberries. Some have 210 seeds. Some have 235. Who knew? Day four. 8 p.m. Removed my day pajamas and put on my night pajamas. Day five. Today I tried to make hand sanitizer. It came out as jello shots. Day six. I get to take the garbage out. I'm so excited. I can't decide what to wear. That's actually a really funny side note because <laughs> I was going over to my boyfriend's property and couldn't figure out what to wear and my mom made fun of me. Uh, <laughs> day seven. <laughs> Laughing way too much at my own jokes. Day eight. Went to a new restaurant called The Kitchen. You have to gather all the ingredients and make your own meal. I have no clue how this place is still in business. (laughs) I'm just reading this for the first time, you guys. Day 9. I put liquor bottles in every room. Tonight, I'm getting all dressed up and going bar hopping. Oh, that's actually really cute. That's really fun. Day 10. Struck up a conversation with a spider today. Seems nice. He's a web designer. That is adorable. And also... I talk to spiders, and they have an agreement with me. I saved like six of them one day, and so they've, A, never bothered me again, and B, I've never seen them in my house since. Okay, back to the diary. Day 11. Isolation is hard. I swear my fridge just said, what the hell do you want now? (laughs) Day 12. I realize why dogs get so excited about something moving outside, going for walks or car rides. I think I just barked at a squirrel. Day 13. If you keep a glass of wine in each hand, you can't accidentally touch your face. Hmm. Day 14. Watch the birds fight over a worm. The cardinals lead the blue jays three to one. (laughs) Day 15. Anybody else feel like they've cooked dinner about 395 times this month? Oh my god, yes. So that's another thing my boyfriend and I have been doing in quarantine. We've Oh, God, it's so pathetic. We've just been... Actually, it's not pathetic. It's for a project we're working on that I can't talk about, which is very annoying, but it's very exciting. So anyway, we've been making food every single night, like everyone else, and taking pictures of it. And it's gotten to the point on more than a couple occasions where I'm just like, can we stop fucking taking pictures of the food? I'm hungry. I'm going to eat my face. Um, But that's another thing we've been doing. Food photography. What else is on this list? Oh, another thing I just wanted to mention was that I live next to two incredibly amazing men. And one is a baker. And you can follow him on Instagram. He is at with bettawithbutta. He makes the most beautiful fucking confections I've ever seen. And I'm really glad I'm not in LA because I'd be getting very fat. So his Instagram handle is at B-E-T-T-A underscore with underscore butta, B-U-T-T-A. Follow him. He has the most. Oh, God, look at all these. They're so beautiful. The, The reason I bring him up is because he has a quarantine drop off menu. If you're in the Los Angeles area, you guys, he makes the most delicious banana bread. He gave it to me one day and I bit into it and I was like, oh, my God, this is the most moist. Sorry if you hate that word, but get over it. This is the most moist. Uh, banana bread I've ever had. It was so good. I didn't know how he did it because it was like the banana was like melty. It was so good. And I was raving about it to my friend. And then he texts me and he goes, sorry, I just tried the batch I gave you and it's a bit dry. And I'm like, in what fucking planet are you living on? It is so good. He's He was on... um. He was on season four of The Great American Baking Show, and if you look at his Instagram, you will totally know why. He made my birthday cake. It's amazing. He makes gluten-free options, and you can't even tell the difference, but he's been doing great things for people in our neighborhood. He, he's got this quarantine drop-off menu. He's personally delivering what he makes to people. He's very clean, very mindful of, you know, obviously what's going on in the world. So you don't have to worry about any carelessness or neglectfulness on his part in ordering any thing he makes. I'm going down a rabbit hole of looking at this. Another thing that I saw on Nextdoor... Was this 7 p.m.? Let's all step outside and cheer and thank the healthcare workers and essential employees every night until this is over. Around the country and around the world, people are opening their windows, stepping onto their balconies or front porches, and cheering and banging pots and pans to have a moment of community that expresses thanks. And express thanks. That makes way more sense. Most of us have seen this footage from somewhere, and maybe you thought, that's not us. But it can be us, too. Just because we are more spread out doesn't mean we can't at least show our appreciation. Maybe, now they're making references to our area... Uh, Maybe in the Mesa you will hear your neighborhood cheering. Maybe here in town you will see your neighbors across the street or next door. I, for one, will do it tonight. Maybe I will be the only crazy person on my street. Hopefully I will hear cheers and noise from my neighbors and we can all enjoy the moment as a community. Why not? That doesn't just have to happen here in the desert, you guys. Let's bring that to your communities. I think that's a really great idea. So as I said, like, people are just doing really great things. Let me find a couple more memes to share with you that my friend shared with me on Instagram. She had a couple funny ones. Okay. (laughs) This was on at Bitches Instagram. It says, my shoes probably think I died. (laughs) It's very funny. Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find that one, but there was a picture of all these sheep in a town that looked probably like it was in Ireland or somewhere in the country in England. It was all these sheep and they were in the middle of the road in a town where there was no one. And it was like the animals probably think we've all died. (laughs) They probably do. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to share with you guys. So a lot of people have had birthdays during this quarantine. My boyfriend was one of them. And uh, my mom sent me this article of a dad surprising his four-year-old with a FedEx birthday parade amid the pandemic. She sent this to us particularly because my father works for FedEx. And um, this is what the article says. A four-year-old jumped for joy as a fleet of FedEx trucks paraded through her neighborhood after her birthday party was canceled due to the novel coronavirus shutdown. Ian Oliver, a 10-year-old employee... A 10-year employee. That makes way more sense with FedEx. Could you imagine if FedEx just started employing 10-year-olds? <laughs> That'd be really funny. Uh, Ian Oliver, a 10-year tenuer- I almost did it again. Ian Oliver, a 10 year employee with FedEx, planned the March 24th surprise for his daughter Ava. To a four year old, they really know it's their birthday. She was into it. Oliver of Brook Park, Ohio, told Good Morning America. It made me feel bad. She's such a good kid. I had to do something to make it up to make up for it. I'm so sorry I'm having trouble reading today. Since FedEx is considered an essential business, Oliver is still working, thank God, so is my dad, while Ava and her mom, Ashley Sarago, follow stay-at-home orders. A lot of our drivers are going out to do 150 to 200 stops per day, Oliver said. It's kind of scary we have to be out here as much as we are while a lot of people are at home. You forget about that for a moment because you're making a little girl happy. Because of the COVID-19 crisis, Ava's party was canceled to ensure the safety, safety of loved ones. Oliver then gathered 10 of his FedEx colleagues to ride down the street to celebrate Ava. Mom Ashley recorded Ava's over-the-moon reaction. Ava was so thrilled, she even took a little spill. Aww. I was surprised that she was that excited, Oliver said. The family hopes to reschedule Ava's party once it's safe to do so. You know what? I totally believe that she was that excited because when my dad was a truck driver, I was about six, and I my best part of my day was when he came home for lunch. I would jump into the back of his truck, and I would just start peeling all the labels and stickers because they were very different back then. I would just put them like stickers all over my body, and it was so much fun. And he never yelled at me. He was such a good dad. Um, So those are some feel-good stories I thought might make you happy. And you know what? I think I've just decided that every episode uh, I'm going to do that because we should all feel good amongst feeling shitty. Okay, so let's talk a little bit now about how to occupy yourself during quarantine. A lot of people are really, really bored. I'm not one of those people. I'm a workaholic. I'm also a homebody. I'm very good at being on my own at home, finding things to do. And I'm very fortunate that all the things I like to do don't involve people things like painting, drawing, singing, dancing, recording podcasts, writing, reading. I love doing all of the things that involve no one. So this is really my time to shine. But if you are a social butterfly, like my sister, who is completely opposite of me in this regard, you might be struggling to find things to do. So I want to give you some ideas. YouTube is amazing for teaching you new things. My boyfriend builds homes. And every time I'm like, how do you learn how to do this? He's like, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube it's a, such a great resource that we should be taking advantage of and really utilizing especially now that we have the time so maybe for girls that's watching hair and makeup tutorials it doesn't even have to be that like gender role specific either like maybe girls you want to learn how to change a tire maybe you want to learn how to replace your windshield wipers Maybe you want to learn how to fix a garbage disposal. There are so many different things that you can learn. You can paint. You can take up a home or apartment improvement project. Build something. So much of my life is centered around Not spending money because I didn't grow up with it. And then there was a point where I had it and I realized how much shit is overpriced. It's what you value, time or money. If you have the time, save the money. If you don't have the time, spend the money. If you have the money. If you don't have the time or the money, guess what? Now is your time to shine because all we have is time. Let's say, for instance, you want. What is something that I just replicated? Okay, there's this really cool, uh, like, kind of bohemian piece of wall decor that I saw on Pinterest. And I was like, okay, it's like a stick with tassels. I could fucking make that. So I figured out how to make it. I made all these tassels by hand. We drilled holes with a drill press and the stick, threaded the the yarn through the holes, used a hot glue gun. I used that sculpty clay, put it in the oven, made like, you know, handmade beads, put them on top of the tassels. It looks fucking awesome. That thing anywhere would be maybe upwards of a hundred bucks. It maybe cost me 25. Maybe. It might have even cost me less. So it's a cool time to, like, look at things that you like, particularly on Pinterest is a really great resource for that. Candles, soaps, body scrubs, whatever. And then research how to do it for yourself and make it. The only thing you might struggle with right now is, like, antibacterial – or not antibacterial. What's it called? Hand sanitizer because no one can seem to find rubbing alcohol. But my point is, there's a lot of do-it-yourself projects that you could look into right now. Cleaning. Cleaning is always a good one. You can really take the time to give your house the spring cleaning it needs. Scrub those baseboards. Take a toothbrush. Scrub those drains. I don't know. There's a ton of of things at home you can clean. I just cleaned out a fucking light fixture and a air vent. That was one of the grossest things I've ever done. But you know what? I feel pretty fucking great and pretty fucking accomplished. So there's things like that that you would never have time to do that you can do. Read. Uh, Actually, this this would be a really great time to make a reading list recommendation for you guys. One book that I am reading right now is called In Praise of Difficult Women, Life Lessons from 29 Heroines and Dared Rule Breakers. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm a little bit blind. It says life lessons from 29 heroines who dared to break the rules (laughs) and it's by karen carbo it's really interesting i really like it so far i'm about halfway through you guys i didn't have the book in front of me so i googled it and you know what came up (laughs) i i typed in book about difficult women we admire that was the first one that came up and then next to it was bitch in praise of difficult women fuck yes maybe i should give that one a read and then you guys can read it too This looks interesting. But along those lines, if you haven't read Why Men Love Bitches, now's your chance. That's another great one. Another book I really, really love is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I really like... Psychological books, so books about psychology or psychological thrillers. So these are all books about self-improvement and psychology that I I really liked and think are worth reading. If you like this podcast, I know you'll love these books. But again, we'll make a, a special post on the blog with a more detailed, extensive reading list. Um, Organizing, which we've mentioned It's a great time to get rid of clothes Find things you don't need You're not really getting a use out of Let's just find them better homes Find people that could use it more than you Especially if you're not using it It's a great time to practice self-care A lot of people keep talking about self-care What does that look like? Well, it's really just being good to yourself Working out, cooking really great meals Maybe it's a good time to try a new diet for you not wearing makeup if you're a girl, not doing your hair, let that shit breathe. Uh, I can't tell you when I started this whole journey, which is basically like, you know, if I lived more like a man, what would that look like? When we were doing construction, I washed my face with water. I wasn't putting on like my moisturizers and my witch hazel and my spot treatments and my eye cream. And I didn't have one blemish, just something worth noting. Learning new languages. I really like this one and this is one I might try. Again, YouTube is your best friend, but there's also a lot of online programs. Maybe there's a language you've always wanted to learn. Maybe you've just wanted to learn any other language. Now is your chance. That, I guess, falls under developing new skills. So if there's new skills you want to learn, again, YouTube and home improvement projects. I might build an outdoor shower. Who the fuck knows how crafty I'll be by the end of this. So um, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk to you guys about in this first unscripted episode of How Bitches Are Made in Quarantine. As I said, we're going to be back next week and probably every week there and after with a guest my boyfriend Kevin Barrett and we're just going to be talking about various things and hopefully you find them interesting but I would really like to hear your comments and feedback especially to today's episode if you have answers to my questions hit us up at I just said hit us up wow hit us up I'm saying it again at Habam tweets on Twitter or at how bitches are made on Instagram or you can message me at the Rachel Melvin across all platforms You can also visit HowBitchesAreMade.com. And I think the new website should be live by the time this airs. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, you guys. And be well, stay healthy, be good to one another, and come back next week for more. All right. Bye-bye. How Bitches Are Made is written and produced by Rachel Melvin.